Listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town. Right, welcome to Octopi Hockey Town um, on Impact Sports. I'm Zach Fanko here alongside Brian Bobel. How you doing today, Brian? Awesome. Great day for hockey, ain't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, today we're going to be talking Red Wings hockey in the Motor City, um, home of Hockey Town. And um, the Red Wings were unable to come up with a victory um, a few nights ago against Tampa Bay losing uh three to four in the shootout and they they can't seem to figure out um these shootouts lately can they brian no and and based on their record so far their own three and their shooters are combined one and eight they're almost picking up this year where the new jersey devils left off last year the devils of course went zero and 13 in shootouts last year but yeah it's kind of cost them a couple points so far i mean if they had pulled out you know a few of those shootouts at least they would be ahead of this uh the Bruins and may even be ahead of Montreal for second in the division. Yeah, I mean they're sitting right there in fourth place in the Atlantic Division, um, seven three and five on the season. Um, lost four of their last five games, three of those coming after regulation. So um, they've played a lot of close games this year, just haven't been able to pull out those tight games in overtime or in the shootout. Um, last three games, they they were on the road in New York last Wednesday in a battle between two original six teams against the Rangers, lost in overtime. Uh, that was quite a game um, for them. Uh, they had a, they, they tied the game late, forced overtime, but they were unable to come out with the victory. And then um, Friday night played the Devils at home. That was that was quite a game as well. They ended up winning that game 4-2 to two over New Jersey. And uh, you were actually in attendance at that game, weren't you, Brian? Yes, I was. I, I was there. I won't say which side I was on, but... I was there. It was it was a, a rocky start at first for the Red Wings. They got down early, but then they just absolutely took it to New Jersey. Four unanswered goals. They chased Corey Snyder after the second period, and their power play looked really good in that game against New Jersey. And their power play has been has been very good in the last three games. They've scored at least two power play goals. They scored two power play goals, in fact, in the last three games. So it it looked really good, and it was a great response. I think they ended up. Out shooting the Devils fourteen to three in the first period of that game after trailing one nothing, and they pretty much owned the game the rest of the way there. So that was a complete. I'd say it was a good fifty six minutes by the Red Wings in that game. Yeah, that that's a great sign for them going forward because early in the season the power play was absolutely terrible, and if they can get the power play going alongside their penalty kill, they could really start you know racking up the points here early in the season. Um, then you know as we as we already stated, losing to uh, Tampa Bay three to four. Uh, Steven Stamkos had two goals in that game. Just an incredible player. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the league, and I, I just love the way he's he's so creative with the puck, um, able to do more than just score with the puck. He's he's a great all around player. Um, who do you and who in your mind are the top three players in the league right now, Brian? Ooh, boy, that's a good one. Uh, well, you gotta you gotta throw Sidney Crosby up in there. You know, in the top three. I'm not gonna give you know. There's no clean fire, surefire number one, two, and three for me. I'll just give you my top three. It's going to be Sidney Crosby. Tough to argue against him. Uh, he's pretty much doing what Sidney Crosby always does, you know, game in and game out. He's part of the main reason why Pittsburgh is on a tear right now, really pulling away in that division early. Um, 
My number two, I would have to say Steven Stamkos because he's just one of the most exciting players you're going to see you know, in the game today. And he showed it on that, in that game on Sunday. The two goals he had, one of them was just a brilliant, you know, brilliant effort where he just threw on the brakes and then just whipped one off the crossbar and in. Not many guys are going to be able to pull off that kind of that kind of move. And I got to say, my uh, the third third player's got to be Jonathan Taves. I would think. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with those three selections. I mean, all great players. Uh, Stamkos, though. I mean, that that goal the other night against the Red Wings. I mean, just a lightning slap shot. I mean, I don't think even How- Howard even had a chance on that play. So. Just a great goal there. Um, but, yeah, Detroit, they've lost four of their last five, all pretty close games. Um, Pavel Datsuk actually missed two of those games with a groin injury. So um, they're saying that he will be able to play Friday night against Chicago, so that's good news for the Red Wings um, going into a huge matchup against the Blackhawks. Um, but, yeah, the preview of the weekend's games, we got against Chicago on Friday. Um, Chicago right now 8-6-1 and one out west in a very competitive Western Conference. And then they're going to play another uh, original six team in Montreal on Sunday. So uh, what, do you, what do you think about those two games this weekend, Brian? Well, I think it's awesome that they're getting Pavel Datsuk back on uh, that game against Chicago. They need him back for that game because Chicago, you would think a lot of people would think Chicago's you know somewhere up at the top of their division, but they're not. They are in fourth place in their division behind the Winnipeg Jets of all teams. And who would have thought the Predators would be leading that division at this point? But if you look at the Blackhawks, they're four and six in their last ten games. They're five hundred on the road. So getting Pavel Datsuk back, I think, is a huge boost for the Red Wings. And like you said, they've lost three out of four. Um, I think they they played a fine game against Tampa the other night. Just didn't get the result they were looking for. But I think that game uh, against the Blackhawks is one I think the Red Wings can pull out. And then you toss in, you know, the Habs are coming to town on Sunday. That's 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 a game the Red Wings need to have too. Montreal right now, as the Red Wings sit, they're two points behind the Canadians. An original six matchup. You know there's going to be flocks of Canadians fans making the trip from Montreal. So, I think the Red Wings have a, a big weekend ahead of them. I think they can very well come out with four points. You know the Red Wings are five one and two at home right now, so they have that going for them. So I think I think uh, with Datsuk back. And if Jimmy keeps playing the way Jimmy's been playing, he hasn't been stellar. He's been giving up a couple goals, you know, two or three goals every game for the last four or five games. So he's going to be there, and if the Red Wings power play stays hot, I think they're going to be fine this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, I, I think i got to say, Howard's actually been playing pretty good this season. Um, his his goals against average is, is um, pretty good to start the season. There hasn't been a whole lot of games where I've been like, well, you know, Howard really cost us this game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as the Red Wings can come out early and, you know, establish establish their offense early, get some shots on goal, I, I can see the Red Wings winning most of their games. But when you start allowing other teams to control the puck in your own zone and turning over the puck in your own zone is a huge deal for the Red Wings. I mean, that's how they've really allowed a lot of their goals this year is just bad mistakes in the you know in their own zone, um, bad mistakes in the neutral zone. But I think Howard's been playing pretty well. Um, Gustafson also playing pretty well for a backup goaltender. So I think the Red Wings have a pretty good chance um, as long as, you know, Howard's in that. And um, I like the, how the young guys are playing this year. Gustav Nyquist, uh, Thomas Tatar. Uh, those guys are really um, playing ahead of their years for Detroit. And if they're going to make it, you know, not only make the playoffs, but make a run in the playoffs, those guys are going to have to improve each and every game for Detroit. Yeah, because you look at they have 
one of the best veteran cores in the league. You know, when Datsuk and Zetterberg and Franzen are are in the lineup, and to have that that kind of veteran leadership as a young player, it does wonders for you. And they they showed it last year. They can they I think the, those two, we'll just you know Nyquist and Tatar, were the reason the Red Wings made the playoffs last season. They were unreal in the second half in the last half of the season. And you know the Red Wings showed if if they can do that well, and that was when they were battered with injuries too. So if they can get those guys playing the same way with the Datsuks and with Zetterberg in the lineup, um, I think this team has a good shot at being one of the top teams in their division. I wouldn't necessarily say they're Stanley Cup contenders yet, but Jimmy Howard, night in and night out, gives you a chance to win. Looking at his numbers this year, he's been pretty. He's been pretty good. He'll he hasn't you know he'll give up one or two goals a game, but Every goaltender does that nowadays, you yeah. know, for the most part. Um, and and Gustafson, they need to get him back since he, uh, I think he separated his shoulder in the game against the Rangers. So, but they have a pretty good, still, they still have a pretty reliable backup in Peter Mrazek. Um, so, yeah, I think they're they're in good shape right now. They need to stay healthy, but Red Wings are saying that every year. Yeah, that, I mean, that seems out. to be always be the story with them. I <laughs> you know, mean, yeah, we're doing all right. We got to stay healthy. Um, and then they'll be. I think they're going to be just fine. I I have no reason to believe that they're not going to be back in the playoffs this year. I think they're going to make it twenty four straight this year. So um, just going to come down if they can stay healthy. Exactly, exactly. Um, just some quick notes from around the league. Um, I saw this story this morning actually. Uh, Minnesota Wild um, star Zach Parise suffered a concussion in their last game. And he's out indefinitely, so that's a huge loss for the Minnesota Wild. Um, that, I mean, it's, there's been it seems like there's been a lot of concussions lately in the NHL. It just as you know, at the NFL's been talking about concussions. It's been a huge problem for the NHL, and now you got one of your big stars out for you know an indefinite time. Can Minnesota survive this um, loss? That's that's tough. I I, I think it's going to be really tough for them to to sort of to try to fix this because even when they had him. They're five and five in their last ten, and they're in a division with you know Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, Colorado, and Dallas. That's a division I think can can sit at least five, you know, can get five playoff spots in there. So if he's out indefinitely, he's definitely not, you know, he's not playing against his old team, New Jersey, tonight. Um, Devils fans might appreciate that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the longer he's out, the more this team is going to be hurt by it because this is he he pretty much runs that offense, pretty much, and he's you know he's that he's a kind of guy. Every team would miss a Zach Parisi. Every team, if they had that kind of character on their team, when he goes out for a long period of time, the team's going to suffer for it. And the longer he's out, the longer this team's going to suffer. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, Zach Parise one of the better scorers in the league, and I think Minnesota, it's going to be tough for them because especially in the Western Conference, it's so competitive out West. you got so many good teams out West, you know, vying for the playoffs. I mean, if they can if they can even make the playoffs without Parise, it'll be a small miracle for them. Yeah, it'll be a testament to their coach, Mike Yo. That'll be a, a, if they can, if depending on how long he's out, if they can maintain a playoff spot with with him out, I think Mike Yo would get at least some pretty good consideration for the Jack Adams Trophy at the end of the season. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, another big news: Mark Andre Fleury, the goaltender for the Penguins, got a um, four-year extension for twenty-three million earlier last week. Uh, not sure how I feel about that. Um, the Penguins. I mean, he's been a 
He's been a pretty good goaltender overall since he was drafted number one. I mean, he won a Stanley Cup for the Penguins in 2009. But I think I think he's just been kind of an up and down. Like He's one of those guys where he has a great regular season, but then in the playoffs it, it just doesn't seem to work for him most of the time. Yeah, I, and that's been the case ever since they won the Stanley Cup, you know, since they won their Stanley Cup back in 2009. Um, but the Penguins are are buying into him. They're they're telling him, "Look, we're going with we're going to be with you going forward. You're going to be our guy." And if he can't if if he continues to be flat in the playoffs, I I can't see this deal working out for him because ultimately with a team like the Penguins, you know you're going to make the playoffs. Almost every year, if you if you have a healthy Sidney Crosby, a healthy Evgeny Malkin, it's almost like you have to try to not make the playoffs with that yeah, with that I mean, roster. And you know, it always comes down to the way he plays. I felt he showed some signs of of great play in the playoffs last year, but that Columbus series, he was atrocious. He was the only he was the reason why that turned into a six game series and a very close six game series at that. Yeah, especially with a team like the Penguins. I mean, they're they're going to get at least three to four goals a game most nights. Um, this season, he's played really well, 7-2 and two with a 1.89 goals against average and a 9.31 save percentage. So he's, I mean, the way he's playing right now, if he can keep playing like that, then I could see him definitely earning that, you know, contract. But it all comes down to how you play in the playoffs. I mean, this, that's what this league is. It doesn't matter, Jordan. If you can get into the playoffs, that's all that matters. Once you're in the playoffs, it's how you perform how you'll be judged as a player. And uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about um, the 2014 Hall of Fame inductees uh, this year. Um, the four that are going into the hall this year, Rob Blake, uh, Peter Forsberg, the former Avalanche, uh, won a Stanley Cup with Colorado. And then uh, one of my personal favorites, Dominic Hasek, the goaltender, used to play in Detroit, played for Buffalo. And uh, Mike Madano, who I think is one of the best um I would say probably the best American player to ever play the game. Well, what do you think about that, Brian? I think that's pretty. It's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good, uh, accurate statement there. He is one of the best. I think he's going to be the best for a long time. I think it's going to be a long time before we see anyone play better than he did. Yeah, I mean, just there's what he did for the game. Um, and now, now you see more American players playing the game of hockey, and I think um, that's a big testament to what he did during his career. Um, with the Stars and later in his career with the Red Wings. But um, Peter Forsberg as well, he's been a great player for the Avalanche. And this is a great class. I mean, all these players you could say are, you know, one of, some of the top players of all time. Uh, Dominic Hasek, you know, his, he was kind of like the um, hybrid goaltender. You didn't really see a whole lot of goaltenders playing the way he played during his career, and that's what I kind of always appreciated about him. He really um, changed the way goaltending was uh, played in the NHL. Yeah, he he had his own style. He was just he was if if there's no perfect person to describe unorthodox than Dominic Hasek, the dominator. He was he was unbelievable when he played. Just you had no idea what he was doing, whether he was gonna stand on his head, stand up, flash some leather, stack the pads. Nobody had any idea what was going on when he was in the net. Indeed, indeed. Um and uh, coming up next, I really want to talk about, um, I was hoping we could do this as a weekly um, power rankings list. Um, I'm going to give my top five teams here in the NHL. Um, this isn't necessarily a top five standings-wise, but just how I feel about the league as of now, the top five teams. So here we go. At number five, I'm going to go with the surprising Nashville Predators, who, I mean, they've really come out of nowhere since last season, and they've been one of the best teams in the league. 
Um, you know, since, you know, they fired Barry Trotz, Trotz goes over to Washington, they get their new coach. And um, Nashville's always that type of team that, you know, they don't score a whole lot of goals, but they play great defense and they stick in most games. Uh, 9-3-2 and two on the season, including they went 4-2 and two on their last road trip. So I thought that was a big deal for them going into, you know, later into the season. Yeah, for sure. And uh, coming in number four, I got Vancouver Canucks, who have also been a surprise team out west. Um, you know, bringing over Ryan Miller to play goaltender, um, eleven and five on the season. They suffered a pretty devastating loss to the LA Kings the other night, but um, other than that, they've played really well to start the season, and they'll be one of those teams that's competing for a playoff spot later in the season, I think. And uh, number three, um, although their record doesn't really show it, I still think the LA Kings are one of the top teams in the league. I'm not sure if, you know, they're going to bring it every night during the regular season, but this is one of those teams that I feel like it doesn't matter what seed they are going into the playoffs, they're going to be one of the top contenders for the Stanley Cup. And and they always just seem like we don't care where we place as long as we get in. We we really don't care. We They've won Stanley Cups by just playing on the road the entire playoff run. They It just seems like, I know I'm wrong when I say it, but it almost seems like they just, they just coast their way through the regular season. And then once the playoff starts... There we go. It's time to kick it into high gear. And I feel like that's what they do every season. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. And it's kind of a testament to their head coach, Daryl Sutter, who I think is one of the best coaches in the game, if not the best coach in the game. Um, the guy just is able to motivate his players like no one else in the league. Maybe maybe Babcock's up there for best coach in the league. But, I mean, the way, the way he was able to get the Kings to play the last few seasons in the playoffs is nothing short of unbelievable. Um, especially all the seven-game series. you got to wonder if that's really taken a toll on them as well as the amount of time they've had to play, the amount of games. They've played more games than any other team in the NHL, I would say, over the past three years. So you got to think maybe they're resting here during the during the season. Um, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be, you know, one of the top three seeds, but as long as they're in the playoffs, it's hard to pick against the Kings. Yeah, you can't. And then number two, I'm taking the Penguins. Um Penguins have been pretty good to start the season. Uh, Ten, two, and one. They've only lost three games all year, and they've won seven in a row. That's league high seven in a row games. Um, Sidney Crosby has been, you know, himself. So I mean, he's really uh, been an MVP worthy player. Um, and the thing about if Mark Andre Fleury keeps playing the way he does, if they can match that offense with that defense, then I don't see how any team can really, you know, keep them from being a top two team in the East. And uh, my number one team this week in the power rankings, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Steven Stamkos and the Lightning have been awesome on the offensive end. They've they've won six games in a row. So both those teams, the Penguins and the Lightning, are really competing for that top spot in the East. Um, another player that I'm really looking at, Tyler Johnson, who mm-hmm. has been awesome in his rookie year, uh, 18 points on the season so far, five goals, 13 assists, and uh, 15 games. So he's been unbelievable to start the season. Uh, it's great to see you know a young player showing so much promise for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, Tampa Bay. They, I mean, last year things didn't go so well for them, but they're looking like a team that should be one of the top teams come playoff time. What do you think, Brian? Well, I have them uh, somewhere on my top five <laughs> list, um, so I'll, I'll get into my top five here. Uh, I have Nashville as number five. No, I don't think anybody expected them to be number one in, the, in their division right now, but they. I I really like the the move they made in shipping out Hornquist for uh, James Neal. I think Patrick Hornquist wasn't a good fit with them. 
So they ship him out and bring in James Neal. I felt like I feel like James Neal has been awesome since he's been uh, in Nashville. And Pecorine is is he's returning to what everyone sort of expected him to be in a stellar goalie. I think if he keeps this up, he's got a, a chance. Now we're saying this; it's November. Yeah. But I mean, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I think there's no doubt he'll be a candidate for the Vesna Trophy. But you see, I, I, I'm still not buying. I'm not drinking their Kool Aid just yet. I think uh, we got a long way to go before I start labeling them as as a huge contender. But as for now, you know, right now they are my number five team. Number four, I got to go with the St. Louis Blues. You know, they they just found lightning in a bottle with Vladimir Tarasenko, Yori Laterra. They're they're tearing it up right now. Yeah, they just they lost uh, their last game, but they were on a pretty extensive winning streak at that. And you know the. They're just loaded from top to bottom. Anyway, you look at it, David Backus, T.J. Oshie, who is out or who was just recently out, you know, the, anytime you can get him into the lineup it makes your team that much better. I really like Paul Stastny on that team. And their goaltending, a lot of people had that as their question mark with Brian Elliott and Jake Allen, but I think they've done a pretty good job so far. Um, so, And they're only one point behind Nashville, but I still feel like they're a better team than Nashville is right now. Um Number three, I'll go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pretty much for the same exact reasons that you said. You know, they've won seven in a row. They have 55 goals for compared to 27 goals against. And the 27 goals against is the lowest in their division. And the 27 goals against is the lowest in the conference. So they're second in the conference in goals for, only behind Tampa Bay. And they are first in goals against. And you usually don't hear the Penguins being first in goals against. Usually it comes down to a Boston Bruins team, you know, they, they're always known for their stingy defense or even the Red Wings, you know, can can take that title. But 27 goals against, that's one of the lower totals in the league. In fact, it is the lowest total in the league. Wow. You know, so they, they have the second best offense and the best defense as of right now in the league. So tough to go against them, but I think they've still got a long way to go before I bump them up a little higher. Number two, on this list, I have the Anaheim Ducks. You know, sure they've they've lost three games in a row in overtime, but they're getting the points. They're ten three and three right now, one point ahead of Vancouver in their division. Um, I think this is about where everyone predicted the Ducks to be at this point. Um, their goaltending has been has been good. Ryan Getzlaff is Ryan Getzlaff. I feel Ryan Kessler has fit in really nicely since coming over from Vancouver, and they they just. They're doing things right. Now, maybe not when not pulling out those overtime games in the last three is, is gonna not going to hurt them in the long run, but this is definitely a playoff team. Can they win this division? I think they can, and they will, just because, like we said, the Kings just love to just take it easy almost in the regular season. And I think, I think San Jose is falling off the map. I think Calgary, I don't think Calgary will be able to keep that up. Vancouver is interesting. I think they could keep it up, and it'll be interesting to see if they do, but I think... The Ducks are going to be the best team in the Western Conference, which leads me to my number one pick, the best team in the East, Tampa Bay Lightning. They just have it all going on. Maybe not the defensive part, giving up 41 goals against. That's kind of not a good recipe for success come playoff time because, you know, you got to batten down the hatches on defense. But like you said, Tyler Johnson has been phenomenal. Andre Pallott, another young kid, has been phenomenal. Ryan Callahan has played really strong. He's got he had the shootout winner against the Red Wings the other night. And Ben Bishop, 
that was the reason they fell apart in the playoffs last year. That was it was a huge blow given against them when Ben Bishop went out with an injury. So he's back. He's being Ben Bishop, and I just I I like almost everything about this team right now, except they can maybe fix it up on defense. But they've they've won six games in a row themselves. So that there they are, number one. First time we're doing this, they're the best team in the league in my opinion right now. Yeah, I have to agree. I had them number one as well on my list because just because right now if they keep scoring the way they're scoring, there's not really a team in the league that can match them, you know, star for star. Um, the Red Wings, if I had to rank the Red Wings on a power ranking list, they're still going to be outside my top ten. Um, I, I think they still have a long ways to go. The young guys are playing well, but they need to keep improving. Um, the defense needs to keep improving, and if they can start scoring more goals, you know, getting Datsuk back healthy, he should be back for this Friday's game. Um, anytime you can have Zetterberg and Datsuk on the same line, you're really going to have, you know, a great chance to score some goals. But the Red Wings, I think, still have a lot of work to do. And right now they're in that spot where they're they're in a good position, but you'd like to see them win some more games and especially win some more shootout games, hopefully, or overtime games coming up. Because you know there's going to be a lot of close games. The Eastern Conference is so packed tightly together. Actually, both conferences really. Yeah. Come you know, come you know, April and uh, March. You know those teams that are sitting at like nine, ten, and twelve, nine, ten, and eleven. They're still competing for that last playoff spot usually. So, the NHL. I love the way the NHL is every year. Come playoff time, it's just you know, it's incredible. It's like kind of like the playoffs start in March because you know those teams are still competing. I mean, you got you got almost every team in the league can still make the playoffs, other than a few teams that you know yeah. are in the bottom of the league. But it's it's an incredible league and. Um, we'll see where the Red Wings stand, whether they can make it 24 straight years going into the playoffs. It'd be an incredible streak, and they have the team to do it, so they just got to keep going. Another thing I want to touch on, um, talking about Mike Babcock, a um, lot of questions about his you know, availability after this season, whether the Red Wings will give him a contract extension, whether he will be gone after this season. Um, I'm wondering whether that's really hanging over the heads of this team. Um, what do you? What's your take on that, Brian? I, I, knowing the kind of coach and the kind of personality Mike Badcock is, I don't think he's allowing it to become a distraction in the locker room. I think, I, I think without a question, the Red Wings are going to want him back. I think he is one of the top three coaches in the league. Toss him in with there with Daryl Sutter and maybe Joel Quenville, and, and you know, but um, it, it it's. The longer this drags out before he gets a contract, I think the more it's going to become a, a media-created distraction for the team. Because I, I, I think the leadership in that locker room, they're not going to let it become an issue. And for Ken Holland, I think there's no other coach you should want coaching your team that's available right now than Mike Babcock. So I think I think uh, take it with a grain of salt now. See, they got a long time before his contract is up at the end of the season. And then, if he, you know, if if he can't, uh, if they can't get something done before the end of the season, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think that he's going to be back uh, for next season for sure. Yeah, I, I sure hope so because I think Babcock, um, he's one of the best motivators I think in the game. Absolutely, the way he gets the Red Wings to mm-hmm. you know get up for games. Um, a lot of times, I mean, lately the Red Wings have been playing in some of these playoff series where they're vastly. Um, out, you know, outnumbered in talent. I kind of look back to that series a couple years ago against the Ducks, where yeah. they, they, there was mm-hmm. no way they should have been in that series, but they ended up winning it in seven games. You know, pushing the Blackhawks to seven games a couple years ago. 
Last year, a little bit disappointing against Boston, but, I mean, Boston was a really great team, so it's hard to really fault the Red Wings for losing in five games. And last year really is a perfect example of why they should keep him. I mean, you mentioned some really good playoff series that they were outmatched, you know, pretty much top to bottom. And, and last season, when you have that many injuries, it takes a great coach to rally your team around that and to still be one of the better teams in the conference. I felt like when Detroit wanted to play, they, they were one of the best teams in the conference last year. Don't let their record fool you. That's why I think last year is a perfect re- example. If Ken Holland's looking for a reason to re-sign him, just look at last season. That's yeah. it right there. I mean, they, they, they had one of the youngest teams in the league, despite, you know, you still got Zetterberg and Datsuk and Franzen, but really if you look at their lineup, it's, it's, it's a lot of guys that are, you know, first- and second-year players that are playing important roles on this team. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty much the Grand Rapids Griffins where <laughs> were just, you know, bus rides, busloads of Griffins were coming up and playing for the Red Wings, and they were still winning. Yeah. It was it was unbelievable, really, that they made the playoffs. And a lot of people were debating last season whether or not you know they should trade some of these young guys to try to get more established veterans in the lineup. I, I was happy that Ken Holland stood pat and let the young guys, you know, if they were going to make the playoffs, it was going to be with these young guys because I think the future is more important for the Red Wings than you know just making the playoffs. So I was glad he he, he let them get, he gave them the chance. They you know they succeeded. They made the playoffs, and I think this year. Um, they should even be even better, and they're getting better each and every game. You can really see it on the ice. So uh, for Zach, uh, for Brian Bobel here, I'm Zach Fanko. Uh, thanks for listening to uh, Octopi Hockey Town here on Impact Sports. Uh, we'll be back with you next Tuesday where we'll break down the uh, two games going on this weekend, Chicago and Montreal. Should be two fantastic games in Detroit. Um, if you uh, want to tweet at us any questions you have, you can uh, tweet at me, um, at ZachFanko52. Love to hear from the fans. Uh, if you got any questions, we'll answer them here live on the show. And uh, you can tweet at you, Brian. Where at? You can tweet me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore Bobel, B-O-B-A-L, at Brian underscore Bobel. All right. All right. We'll have a great afternoon, everyone, and thanks for listening.